Hey guys, it's Renee from Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. On this podcast, we're going to break down all of the action from UFC London, including the overreaction to Molly McCann's post-fight celebration and whether fan favorite Patty Pimblett proved he's more than a hype train. Here we go. Let's recap UFC <laughs> London. Uh, what a great show, huh? Some big standout performances. I feel like some star-making moments were made. Nine finishes out of 12 fights. A lot of people got paid. UFC made history giving 50,000 performance bonuses to every finisher on the card. That's huge. What does that mean for like the, the fight community to see that money being doled out like that? Well, it means it was a hell of a card, and Dana White was in a fantastic mood after. He had a raspy I mean, voice. It seemed like maybe he was a little under the weather, but still feeling like he wanted to shell out some kizash. I was going to say, under the weather or screaming, I don't know. I, mm. Either way, um, he was very happy. I mean, they, they sold out the O2 Arena, um, mo like, bigger gate than that's ever happened and wow. i think that was arguably the biggest uh fight night card that's ever happened to i mean it just delivered in every single way you could you could see what the pandemic had done to a lot of the athletes and the people in the crowd i mean they were so appreciative and they showed up and they showed out it was incredible from does start it not make you want to go fight there do you want to go like fighting it in london did. Actually, oh I was like, gosh. who can I fight in London? That's literally what I was thinking. I was like, who can I fight over there? What what women are in my weight class over there? But um, I don't even know. I mean, I'm going down to 125. We'll see how that goes. So, I mean, I think Molly, she's she's the 125-er. Um, Let's and go. Look out for that elbow. Yeah. I Yeah, right? She's 125. Did she win I think, one, I think yeah, she 125. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 125. And then, um, yeah. So, I mean, you never know, maybe down the road, but man, I've just become such a massive fan of hers as I've learned more about her and her story. And then to see mm -hmm. her deliver that kind of a performance. Wow. It was incredible. The whole card, the whole thing was incredible. Tom Aspinall was incredible. I did feel really sad for Dan Hooker. Mm -hmm. I just feel like he didn't get started. Like he just looked really slow. He looked like he didn't translate it. His hit, what he needed to move down, you know, to, to be a faster guy. Um, there, see, there's something about changing weight divisions that you have to keep in mind. People are worried sometimes about me changing divisions. I'm like, well, I've never been like the faster person at 135 really anyways. Like speed isn't like my big thing. I'm more of like, if I get a hold of you, you're in trouble, you know? And yeah. so I'm like, I think if I could translate that down with smaller women, it really works well for me. Yeah. But with Dan Hooker, who is a striker, I mean, speed is so important that you get down with these small, fast guys. And it just, it, it looked like Dan Hooker was kind of, you know, trying to feel him out for the first round, was really apprehensive about overcommitting because of some wrestling. And Arnold Allen just came to fight. He wasn't mm -hmm. second guessing himself. I mean, he was just on another, he was on an 11 out of, out of 10 from the get. And, and I think where Dan Hooker was trying to build momentum, he just got caught off guard. That was that was a very intense fight. It's really crazy, true too, is like how much an atmosphere can change 
for the fight as well. I mean, that vibe that happens at O2, I mean, I can only speak from the wrestling side of things, but we would go to O2 all the time, like once a year, twice a year. Uh, we were there quite a bit. So having those trips to, to London were always some of my favorite things I look forward to. It's because that crowd is wild. The chants that come out, oh, like yeah. you get those like crazy, like soccer hooligan chants that start breaking out. Like they're so excited to have something like UFC, like WWE to be there that like they all show up those yeah like those tickets are gonna get snatched up and people come out to party they want to throw back those pints and have at it uh, but I feel like that can really change the environment for the fighters as well good or bad right oh yeah they could change it change it um it, it depends on the fighter I think um how the environment changes it but in this case it was such a unique culmination of um the fact that they had kind of been deprived of that for so long and were just mm -hmm. looking to show up and show out and represent i feel like the charge was different than anything I, that i had experienced i've been there in london for fights as well and um you know it was certainly a charged atmosphere but just something felt really unique about mm -hmm. last night and it certainly stands out as uh, one of the best fight cards to memory. 100%. No, I, I totally agree. To you, who was the big standout? Who do you think walked away with, uh, you know, a bigger fan base, more eyes on them, uh, maybe some bigger opportunities in the future? Well, I mean, I think there's a few, and I think that's why it was hard for Dana to just, uh, you know, Dana and, and the team to pick just three um, fight bonuses yeah. because truthfully the whole card delivered and giving out nine says something about the overall feel and consistency and atmosphere to the fights i mean nine out of uh, of 12 fights were finishes so it was an electric night i think somebody who was already on the radar but really stood out was patty pimblett oh I my mean, guy right Big fan, big fat uh, fan of uh, uh, Pimblet. That haircut, oh my goodness! I just want to have a look <laughs> at it. Alone. I want to run my fingers through it. I want to have a pint <laughs> with this man. <laughs> I know the way his hair, the, the movement he has. He's got great body uh, to it. I mean, he it needs really a is shampoo a endorsement. He does. Yeah. He needs everything: <laughs> shampoo, dry conditioner, whatever else. I mean, a, a texturizer, I don't know, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever he needs. Yeah, the, yeah, I mean, he definitely was, I think, one of the biggest breakout stars coming out of this. I mean, I think everyone was talking about him, watching him on uh, the post-fight pressers, uh, talking to Bisping there with Molly McCann. I mean, the yeah. guy just has this really incredible energy. I feel like he's a guy you just want to get behind. As much as, like, he's this, like, bouncy, fun fighter yeah. there's just something really cool and authentic about what he's bringing to did, the table you, and then getting the win on top of that yeah did you notice how he went from his walkout which was very you know high in its energy and fun and lighthearted, and he was jumping around and he was just taking it all into like the moment he locked eyes yep. with his opponent across the ring and then that focus that laser focus i mean just watching him transition between those different elements of his personality was fascinating to me and then to see him deliver in the first round i mean and he went through a little bit of adversity mm -hmm. you know it wasn't a smooth sailing fight which i personally like to see i think sometimes people want to just see like a connor how he goes out there and get a third 13 second knockout and it's like whoa he's larger than life i kind of like if i'm gonna get behind somebody 
I kind of like to know that they can be tested and that they can get through that and that they can still come out on top. And that's why I am just loving Patty because I have seen him go through a little adversity, but he's still amazing, still getting his finishes, still, I mean, a first round submission. He looked fantastic. His judo uh, toss was just amazing. Um, and then, you know, his It's funny that crime. there's something like, it's funny that there's something like unassuming about him where you're like, oh, this fun oh, guy yeah. just happened into MMA. <laughs> this is great. But then you see him and you're right. You see that laser focus. You see how shredded his body is. Like the yes. dude's not messing around clearly. Yeah. But yeah, there's still sort of that unassuming nature behind him that I like find it really funny. That like weird juxtaposition. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. while he's in between his, his interview questions, you just like, mowing down slices of pizza i yeah. love it so i love I think that. molly brought that out for him but you were going to say something about uh, his partner yeah, in was. crime with molly McCann. you asked the, the question knows who really stood out and although patty really stood out to me but he was already kind of somebody that i was you know looking to keep an eye on molly on the other hand was kind of flying under the radar and i feel like she was she became a star yeah that's 100%. how i feel about she it she did I mean, I, yeah, the spotlight was firmly on her. And I think that she really rose to that occasion. And I think she's shining under that bright light big time. Absolutely. It was so cool to see. You don't really see knockouts like that in the female division at this point. So she raised a bar and I think that was the Chris Jericho Judas effect you're talking about, right? Exactly. Yes. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) <laughs> and, and she went out and she just made this it, and and look i i don't know if people recognized how calculated that was but she literally ducked under and she looked up at the point where she was going to spinning back elbow she saw it was there and then she executed it i mean a lot of times knockouts they can be you know, chance. Everyone's swinging. Each punch they're trying to land, they're trying to knock somebody out and swinging for the fences. And and when you see, um, you know, other fights earlier in the night ending up in knockouts and and things like that, a lot of them were kind of like, oh, you know what? They're just they're swinging like the Dan Dan Hooker or Arnold Allen. You know, he was just mm-hmm. swinging. Every punch was gonna try to put him away, but Molly's was delivered with a an intent an intent for that one strike and positioning for that and accuracy for that one strike. And I thought. That was just incredible the way she pulled that off. And I mean, absolutely flatlined her opponent and kind of had me worried for a second because it was such a brutal knockout. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, hey, maybe eventually we'll get to see a Molly Misha mashup. Maybe. I mean, I would love it. I would love it because I'm (laughs) a huge fan of hers. And she's just fantastic. And I love her story. So why not? I'd rather get in there with people that I'm a fan of than you know, almost then, then people sure. I don't like, because I feel like you share something special inside the octagon when you fight somebody. And I kind of like it to maybe be somebody that, um, you know, it's like if they beat you, you, you kind of still like, you're like, you know, if they beat you, you still feel good about it. And if you beat them, they're still like this, um, you know, kind of get along with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're just trying yeah. to like elevate each other's careers yeah. and level and whatnot. So I feel like I kind of have that with Lauren Murphy and that's kind of cool. It's, it's actually been, 
the first time I maybe have experienced something like this before. So, um, yeah, maybe Molly could be someone down the road. Inside the Green Room with three-time NBA champ Danny Green. Joel's playing the playoffs, James playing the playoffs, knowing that they make an emphasis here not to call as many fouls in the playoffs. They're going to change it even more. So they're going to let guys play even more. And the key is to, when it doesn't happen, get back on defense. But you got to get back. So we don't get the foul call. We don't make a shot. We can't let our offense dictate our defense. And that's the biggest thing, biggest change we need to grow in and mature on. Don't miss an episode of Inside the Green Room with Danny Green every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcast. Doesn't everything just sound better with a British accent? I could listen to those announcers all day, so every much day. Better. It's like eloquent, yet British, also like their their vernacular is a little bit more interesting. Yeah, it's bonkers. If you said that without an English accent, I'll go. That's bonkers. That's bonkers. It sounds lame. It does not it's, have the same effect. Totally agree. I, I was so funny. I was having the exact same. I was like, maybe I should just fake a, a British accent one time in an interview and just see what happens. <laughs> like so Madonna. Way better, way funnier, because I feel like I would be. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Madonna did that for like a decade and people were like, wait, are you British? When did this happen? How did I miss that one? Yeah, um, I just want to do it for like one post-fight speech and be like, why are you doing that? Because like, I just want this to be interesting. I want people to care about it. <laughs> just one, though. Just want to add a little flair onto it. Take it. Let me have it. Just because I can't. Yeah, <laughs> or at least try to. It's, I, I feel like I start off strong and then it ends up sounding like mm-hmm. a Jamaican accent or something. It oh, goes yeah. I way off. I couldn't do it for very long because I'm sure <laughs> I would fuck it up. But like maybe a good like two, three minutes. I could do it. Yeah, bruv. We could do this whole segment. Yeah, that was terrible. I already lost it. Wow. Anyways. All right. So we are still talking Molly McCann here, her amazing uh, spinning elbow finish over Luana Carolina and the de- the debate that took over from MMA Twitter, losing their shit that she had this elaborate celebration. Are we going to watch a celebration together as a class? Is that what's happening, Russo? Are we going to do that? We got thumbs up. We're going to watch it together and we'll all weigh in. No, you guys will hear it probably. Yeah, you guys guys will hear it. We'll uh, do our best to describe it for you in British accents. (laughs) I'm going to start sounding like... uh, are we going to really try to do yeah. a, Brit, a British a British I say, well, accent? it looks like she's, she's gone ahead and she's run right into the crowd. She's now <laughs> looking out the championship title, but it's merely a replica. So do not be fooled, <laughs> bruv. Here she How comes. <laughs> and her where opponent, is she? I, I oh, there she is. There she is. Okay. quite see. Ah, she's running with a, a fake belt above her head. <laughs> you, you, yours is like a very I'm starting to go Irish British, I feel like, like. <laughs> it's so I hard to stay it really is I'm all over the place because I've heard so many cool accents over this weekend so I'm just absorbing them all just um, take them all then you can like pick and choose where you want to <laughs> go from there I don't know why people were so mad about this so you as a fighter are you offended by her grabbing this replica belt and taking a lap around the octagon with it I'm really not. I don't, I, I'm not offended by it at all. I mean, I think this is aspirations, right? I mean, everyone knows it's not the real bell. Everybody knows she's yeah. not the real champ. Everybody gets it. We know Valentina is, but it kind of signals like, Hey, this is what I want. I'm on my way. I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning this. Like I want to be running around with the real thing. Like just picture it for a second. Right. And how and, different is that than just doing the like title belt? Like you like mimic it around yeah. your waist. Like what's the difference? Well, I think like a fan handed her that anyways. Right. She just kind of like, it kind of happened. So it's just, 
in the moment. She's celebrating. She's organic. She sees she sees a beautiful shiny belt, and she's like, "Yeah, I want that. I want to. I want to make my way there." And she's yeah. making her way. And so. what's wrong with the little showwomanship? Let her get out there and have a little razzle dazzle and take up that spotlight. Like we were saying earlier, like the fact that the spotlight is on her and she's able to rise to the occasion. She's not going to like shy away from the opportunity. She had an insane victory, huge finish. Yeah. And for her to just be like, oh, who me? Fuck that. Get out there and like do your parade around the octagon. Show them what's up. I am Hell with yeah. you. I loved it. <laughs> so I think everybody needs to calm down. We all know that Valentina's a champ. We're not trying to take any shine off this woman. But oh. hey, in a division that could really use some some contenders and some interesting things happening. Yes. I mean, let the woman shine. She she had an incredible knockout and I don't mind at all if she wants to run around with a fake belt and show everybody this this is what she's gunning for. Yeah. I, so some of the tweets that I'm seeing, uh someone saying like Molly McCann beating an unranked bum and then running into the crowd to grab a plastic UFC replica belt was the cringiest shit I've ever seen. Using well, the word I cringy is the cringiest bum. shit I've ever Yeah, you're the bum. What have you done? <laughs> what, like, yeah, why don't you order a UFC replica belt off Amazon as well and you can do whatever you want with it in your own time. Be our they guest. probably already did, so it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I, I get so annoyed sometimes when I listen to these people talking shit and it's like they've never in their life done anything noteworthy yet they're gonna sit there and criticize someone's someone's celebrations in the moment emotions are running so high and first of all I don't think there are any bums in the UFC so <laughs> yeah right hey, get, get out of here with it um no that was that was a it was a great fight it was a great knockout and let the woman shine let her celebrate yeah, I like that um, Steffi Haynes uh, had responded to uh, to that tweet about the cringiness, saying a candidate for knockout of the year doesn't warrant a celebration in her home country. Like, of course she's going to lose her shit. She should. Absolutely. I think what would be more offensive is if she just did nothing. And like, yeah. even like if somebody has like a great opportunity for them to call someone out and they're just like, no, nope, not going to. It's like, no, ask for the shit that you want. Put yeah. yourself in line for the things that you want and that's how you get shit done. It's not by just being like, oh, my God, the Internet going to think I'm cringy. Get out of here. I, I completely agree. It would be so boring if everybody just tries to abide by, you know, being so prim and proper and perfect. Is that what we really want? Because I like no. I, not at all. I, I want the, I want to see the interesting. I want to see the personalities. I want to be able to, you know, know who I'm really investing in. And yes. I definitely feel like I'm invested in Molly. I loved her, her celebrations. I loved how excited she was, how hungry she is, how passionate she is. Um, and I feel like that was just etched in her face. You know what I mean? It, as she celebrated and it was incredible. It is really stupid when you think about it. Like the, the level of perfection that everyone expects from everybody all the time to always yeah. just put this one foot forward, put this one particular face forward to everybody. When it's like, no, we want to see the messier side of people. We want to see the human side of people. Yeah. You want to see people get excited or upset. I think yeah. it should be like that. Keeping everything even keel all this time. Like who wants so to watch boring. any of that? It gives you nothing to root for ever. So when Molly McCann, when she does get that next huge victory, she does get a championship opportunity. She's got more fans. And for the people that hated it, what well, gives them more reason to boo her otherwise? Better. Yeah. 
I agree. I didn't think it was cringy, though. I didn't even I was watching it and it didn't even cross my mind to think about that. It was until later when I heard half the fans had such their fans, their their feathers ruffled about this, about her running around with it. Didn't it didn't. I don't know. No. I didn't even cross my mind to be offended by it. So I is there anything that somebody can do post fight that you do find cringy? Um, well, yeah, the shoey. <laughs> I the can't. fucking shoey. <laughs> it, it literally I'm getting goosebumps now. I'm not kidding you. I look at my arm. I have goosebumps. It, and my, I, it just literally does something when I see that it grosses me out. I mean, I could do the most disgusting things like roll around with these sweaty ass dudes on a disgusting mat and not think twice about it. I change, di- you know, shitty diapers on a regular basis. Like, don't bother me at all. But the idea of putting beer into a worn shoe and drinking it, like, if, like imagine if it's like a little fuzzball. No. No, I just can't. Just like the, the groves gunk from feet, which, by the way, is yes. a super side note. Have you? I'm sure you. Some I, people you don't, don't watch as much TV as I shoes. do. I've oh. been watching this show that's it's on Discovery Plus. It was on TLC before. It's called My Feet Are Killing Me. It is the fucking <laughs> gnarliest foot situations you've ever seen. So if you imagine a shoe coming out of these feet that have like. They have like caves and mountains on them and they're like fungus and like black mold. Like you oh never my know. God. I, and I've seen a lot of uh, gnarly feet because of the guys that, that train at the gym for whatever reason they must. I don't know. A lot of guys, them, they, they I, paint their they toes yeah. to cover mm-hmm. like their funguses and nasty things they have going on. Feet <laughs> A sweat thick nail. too. Yeah, <gasps> yes. they do. Like sometimes like one of actually somebody that I met recently. Only <laughs> you, did you almost just t- drop a name? <laughs> I almost did. And I almost say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Um, but they just had their big toe painted black. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because it's just like, it's, if you saw under it, it's just nasty. And I'm like, why don't you take care of the nasty? Like, why? Yeah, like there are things that you can do. Get a foot to, cream. Like, yeah. To, to help that. Ointment. So foot funguses and weird things are prevalent and prominent and and living their best lives and there's no way that i'm going to take some stranger's shoe put beer in it and drink it when are we going to see no. the headline of somebody's like really sick from from doing a shoey and they like develop some new <laughs> illness that we didn't even know existed oh my god that's Got what's one. next that's i mean if, next. if if tom aspinall <laughs> Gets the fight that he wants. He's supposedly a shoey virgin, and 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 uh, he God. wants uh as I call him, shoey Vasa is his next one. So uh-huh. we might have two yep. two fighters in there doing shoeys <laughs> at some point, and that's just very disturbing to me. It's very cringy, if I do say so myself. That is cringy. Ah, uh, I love it. It's so disgusting. <laughs> um. Also, how about Molly stealing Dana's seat and smashing a bottle of Howler Head in his seat? Like she was really soaking up the moment. She was getting in there, rubbing elbows, and literally. With the- <laughs> I loved it. I you thought it was Dana- fantastic. Dana at least now like can walk away being like, all right, that's who Molly is. I know what I'm getting out of this chick. You know, she's a chick that you can put out to do some media. (laughs) You can have like, she's great. I love her. She's so fun. And she has a great story too. I'm really hoping we can have her on at some point and and talk to that woman because she's just fantastic. I really, I really enjoyed it. I I, I loved all of it. There she is watching the video of her right now. Just (laughs) dancing arms in the air she's got a howler head whiskey bottle in one hand she's taking poles off of it now she sets it back down puts a lid on what a lady puts a lid back on make sure it doesn't spill (laughs) 
puts it back down <laughs> on the table ever so gently. Here you go, Dana. Here's your bottle of whiskey back. There was another version of it too, and she was like trying to get the lid off and like dropped it, and it went everywhere. And like she made this face of like, sorry, didn't mean to do that. Like it like ran away from her. Uh, she's she's endlessly entertaining. She's so cute. Hi everyone, I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Visser. And if you love sports the way I do, the people, the passion, then you'll enjoy my podcast In Conversation every Thursday. I've drawn from 45 years of covering all sports with people like Billie Jean King and David Duchovny and the merry prankster himself, Bill Walton. I have reached the top of the mountain. I am having a conversation with Leslie Visser my hero. So please listen and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. We got to talk about my guy, Patty Pimblett. What a star. What a freaking star. Give this guy the bag. Let's, you know, attach the cart to this pony. He's the guy. And some pizza. And he some seems pizza. To be a big fan of it. God, I want some pizza. I want to have pizza right. and a pint with Patty Pimblett. Can't just go see wrong what with a big with it with a good pizza. You cannot go Patty wrong. Patty. Are you a pineapple fan on pizza? You're or damn no? right, I am. Oh, I love girl. it. You don't like you do see? or you don't. Oh, I love it. Yes, it's all, honestly if I could, have, I, if I could have only one. This is what you're going to say. If you could have only one thing. Yes. Pineapple. It's right? it for me. If yeah. I'm ordering pizza, if I'm going to be indulgent, I'm like, fuck it. I'm having the pizza. It has to be a Hawaiian pizza. Otherwise, like. I don't know. I think it has it to really... have pineapple for me. It could, yeah. it could have pepperoni and, and I'm okay with pepperoni and pineapple or pretty much anything else and pineapple, but pineapple is the staple oh for pizza. I don't for understand how people don't like it. I simply don't get it. I don't know. Do but, they not but... have taste buds? Do they have zero palate? The, evidently. I fucking oh. think so because I think them. pineapple on pizza is the best thing that ever happened. That and Great. ranch. Oh, I love me some ranch. People that just say blue cheese over ranch, get out of here. There's in no world is that okay. No, there's there's places where where blue cheese makes more sense. Like if I'm even like a buffalo hot wings, then I'm gonna want some blue cheese. I you still know, want ranch with that. I still really? go ranch. Yeah. No, there's things I like blue cheese for, but primarily ranch. And if it's pizza, absolutely ranch. I you know I what? pretty much don't eat pizza without ranch. I would just rather not. So this is really trash, but I was saying this the other night because the uh, Papa John's commercial came on. I love that like buttery garlic Papa John's dipping sauce. Oh, it I is, know what you're talking about. It's oh so my simple. God. Oh, it's so bad. No, I found out that so there's no bad. dairy in that actually. It was the best news because when I was pregnant with my son, I couldn't ha- I excuse me, when I was nursing my son, I couldn't have any dairy. And I was like, you're kidding me. This has no dairy in it. So I was Giddy all about up. It for a minute there. Let's go. Oh my gosh. Should I order that tonight? <laughs> Speaking of all being all about Anyways, it. Anyways, over Patty to Patty. Patty the Patty. Okay, we can all agree that a star was born or, you know, we we knew it. We already knew it was there, but I feel like it was really solidified this Saturday in London. Um, Do you feel like now he finally lives up to that hype? I feel like that star is there. And, you know, I know that you like that he did have to uh, overcome a little bit of adversity inside the octagon this weekend. I love the fact that he had to come through a little bit of adversity because I like to know that somebody I'm going to invest, if I'm going to put my eggs in the basket, I want to know it's a sturdy damn basket, you know? You're damn right. Just, Give uh, me that somebody... good weave. Exactly. So I feel like Patty has all the makings and he's already been a little tested and come through and I love it. I, I love everything about this kid. I think that he is 
prospect written all over him. Mm -hmm. I think he is a star in the making. I think this absolutely helps solidify. Now, you know, people, of course, people are going to call and say, oh, you know, he needs to fight tougher people. Well, yeah, that's a proper progression. But the thing is, is that the the man is progressing and he's getting finishes inside of the UFC, which are, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not easy to do. And I think he's living up to and, and in some cases exceeding expectations, if you can believe that. So here's my question. If you are Patty Pimblitz, you're his manager, you're on his team, what do you do for him if you can completely control this man's career? Well, I want to, I'd say you, you definitely want to get on the next. I mean, I feel like he could have headlined this card. Let's be honest. I Mm -hmm. think he was a bigger star than any of the, you know, and had better crowd reaction than anybody uh, fighting uh, on the rest of the card. Um, so there's that, but if, if we do get a, a Aspinall main event against like a surreal gone, I certainly think he deserves a co-main event. Um, I think that the, the, the Calvin Cater fight could be fireworks. It would be fantastic mm-hmm. because Calvin Cater is one of the toughest guys to put away period. Right. So, I mean, he can take every single shot and still keep coming. So, um, yeah, absolutely could be a good one. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. at, at what point, and I'm just going to like, this is where I do like my pro wrestling side of things for you. I'm like, well, what else do we do other than great fights? But like, when does he get the the whiskey line? When does he do, uh, when does he do some of the other um, extracurricular things that come with being a mega star in the UFC? I'm do you think you got to hold off is... on that and like just stick to the fighting for the time being? Or like when do you start seeing his face on more things and he becomes that more marketable guy? Um, I think that he can start getting those things. I mean, I think that that's going to come out of the woodwork naturally for him. Um, just the way that he speaks. He's just an attractive uh, a person. He's intriguing, right? There's going to be a lot of people that are going to feel one way or another. And having that polarity in your audience is great because people are going to love to watch you regardless, whether they want to watch you win or they want to watch you lose, they're invested. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I feel like is that the MMA world is becoming very invested in him. Yeah. And uh, I think there's that, something very that- organic about it. Like he's not shoved down everyone's throats. Uh, it's just like that there's that very simple organic connection between him and his fan base. I think so too. And I think that those, we certainly should put out there right now that he does need some type of hair endorsement, hair product endorsement. (laughs) (laughs) He's fantastic. Get the man a volumizer. Let's go. (laughs) Maybe he can bring back like those, remember those like old school, like, um, you could do your own highlights at home with the little like cap thing you would pull on and pull your hair out. Yeah. 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 He could be that guy. Just maybe saying. well he's already pretty blonde i don't know he'd have to go platinum or maybe low yeah. lights you do sun in everyone loves a little sun in though i don't, I don't know. know that's a big oh, thing that- out in the uk there's not a lot of sunshine out there this is true <laughs> it's very true good point <laughs> but hey if it works for patty it must as well work for the rest of the world exactly. right exactly if it works for him he can do it um yeah I, I just i'm really excited to see what the next move is for him but but fight wise um when like when do you see that happening when well um 
as soon as they probably get another uh, card. But I think I think he wants to stay pretty active. However, if you saw him downing the pizza, he likes to get a little fat and happy between his camps, too. Yeah. I think he likes to really enjoy life. Good and that's where I'm at, too. It's like, you know what? I got to have a little time. I got to enjoy myself a little bit between these training camps because when I'm all in, I am all in. Yeah. But when I'm out, let me be out. Like, let me just, you know, chill out a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. enjoy life. I like that he has that good balance. So... As far as when, maybe four or five months from now, maybe, um, ooh, International Fight Week. Okay. Maybe July. I think that's always a great, that's always a great time to propel some up and coming stars because the card is already going to be saturated typically with so many people that um, everybody wants to see. And I think everybody would already want to see him, but I also think it would help elevate his game just by the other synergy of other fans that are going to be there for other reasons that might not involve Patty, but will involve Patty probably after the night is done. What about these situations with Tuporia? Well, I don't know. Patty's saying that he's doesn't, that he doesn't want to fight Tuporia. So I don't know why um, he doesn't, I guess it's, it's not, more it's not enough money maybe it's a money thing since it doesn't add zeros to his contract um i mean personally i get it like if if i'm patty pimlet and i've got a little bit of a name and i've got a little bit of a hype maybe i'm gonna try to fight somebody who is really more like is more known who i can get you know some some Mm -hmm. a little bit of that kind of beating somebody that's known in the oc kind of rub you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So oh, we'll see how this shakes out for him. Mm-hmm. I definitely think he needs to be moving in that that direction of fighting some someone more ranked top 15 top 10, you know, keep con- continuing to progress as he has been. Yeah. Um and that would be a great opportunity for him to do it I think at International Fight Week. Dun dun dun. I feel like that kind of you said four to five months and really that all kind of shakes up. It all adds up, Misha. Yeah. That could be it. That could be it. Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Special thanks to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and Sirius XM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Sirius XM Podcasts.